Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat once again by a correspondent, a stand-up comedian who you know as the host and head writer of the series News Broke, the MSNBC special Red, White, and Who, a correspondent on Nat Geo's Explorer and as a regular commentator on Young Turks Network, the Bituation Room podcast. She's been on Love It or Leave It and is just a very funny comedian. Francesca Fiorentini! <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't interrupt my my intro, Miles. <laughs> and this is part two of a... Uh, this is part Francesca two. Fiorentini, hi. Hi, Francesca Fiorentini. Francesca Fiorentini, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, this is a little bit of a part two because my fiance was on yesterday. Uh-huh. Matt Lieb, yeah. Matt Lieb. And I know he told a lot of, uh, just just put out all the dirty laundry. Yeah. Of our perfect engagement. Yeah. And I'm not going to go back and choreograph it, re-choreograph it correctly. <laughs> right. Oh. And hire oh. a photographer. Uh, so I'm going to need some reshoots, uh, a little extra budget for the reshoots on this yeah. one. Yeah. Um, this time you're going to ask that he not propose to you with a blue raspberry ring pop. Is that correct? <laughs> I really wish he had it because it would have been far less expensive. <laughs> he sounded so stressed yesterday. Oh, <laughs> like, damn. oh man, I gotta, I gotta figure out what to do with this thing. I'm like, yeah, I feel, I feel Here's you. the thing. When you buy a ring, first of all, don't consult sex in the city. Cause I know he did that. <laughs> <laughs> like 15 years later. And then right. number two, don't ask my brother. Don't ask the oh. only man you know of my family. Like, my brother wraps Christmas gifts in newspaper still. <laughs> like, at the age of 36 or 40s, 40 now. Like, this is the kind of person. Like, he was like, oh. So, right. Yeah, that you was know, good. Right. You imagine the jeweler. Imagine the jeweler just like the door opens and you see Matt Lieb's face just like all <laughs> dumb and in love. Right. And you're just like, yes. God, <laughs> oh, buddy. Does your brother at least wrap it in the comic section? Yeah, I was going to oh, say. Of course. Tasteful. It's not like, yeah. 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 It's not like the, the international news, you know. Or like, right. <laughs> drought and <laughs> I remember like one of the first birthdays where my like you know because of uh, heteronormacy my, my mom was wrapping the gifts when I would go to a birthday party like you know like okay take your gift this is the gift for the party yeah, yeah, and yeah. my mom was out of town once and my dad had to wrap a gift and he did it in the in the funnies, you know, the comics, <laughs> the newspaper and I was so bummed out I'm like yo this looks like trash dad this is newspaper he's like it's the funnies man at least it's right. not the auto trading section or whatever. And I was <laughs> low. I was just so mortified at like seven years old pulling up to Pistol Pete's uh, pizza place uh, with this janky ass gift. But anyway, was it for a child? Me. Yeah, yeah, it was for another kid. Oh, I thought see, you meant it was for P Pistol Pete Maravich. I thought you were at his <laughs> birthday party. No, I was like a, it was like a Chuck E. Cheese type place we had out here. Right. Pistol okay. Pete's. Yeah. Where Pistol did Pete's. you grow up? Arkansas? Like nah, what? L. A. The Valley. Oh yeah, that's I'm, mm. I'm, yeah. My favorite Simi Valley, place. Shotgun Sean. No, because yeah. that, that sounds Fernando like some Valley. 
Okay. Okay. Well, look, Pistol LA's Pete's. been LA's a mess. Okay, and a place that was a, a kids' restaurant in the early '90s. You know, I wasn't expecting anything remotely close to relevant or culturally sensitive. <laughs> I lo- I really want kids to understand the kinds of birthday parties and the plate the, the the janky ass places that we had our birthday parties. You know, like Rocky and Bullwinkles, which like right. the animatronic, like ah, 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 ah. like how scary and haunting, yet like somehow we loved it. <laughs> right. At least that's I love Rocky and Bullwinkles. Um, Bullwinkles. Wait, where, where's where's Rocky and Bullwinkles? It was up in the Bay Bay Area. Oh, okay, and they, okay. it doesn't exist anymore. I don't know. Got I think it. some of them got canceled. I don't know who. <laughs> you, know, you know how it is with these pizza places, <laughs> right? No, I, I meant like Rocky Bullwinkle. or Bullwinkle. Yeah, I don't know. I think Bullwinkle oh, oh. did some shady shit. Matt, we like to ask our guests, "What is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are?" Oh, absolutely. Um, here's one. How to sell a brand new engagement ring. That's that's in there. Now, that sounds confusing because you're like, but Matt, (laughs) you just said you were engaged. Well, I am. She said yes to me. She said no to the ring. Uh And uh, yeah, so I bought a real, real bad ring. Wait, really? (laughs) Yes, this is 100% real. Oh, I I love hearing someone say, all right, the engagement went well. Dude, I bought a really bad ring. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What, what happened? Okay. So she sent me like, I don't know, a couple months ago, she sent me a picture of a ring she thought was cute. Mm-hmm. And so I was like looking to, bu- I wanted to buy that ring because I have no visual eye. I don't know what looks good. Okay. Like we watched Sex in the City once and like Aiden bought Carrie a pear-shaped r- uh, engagement ring. Uh-huh. And like a parent and and all of the girls sitting around like Samantha and Charlotte, all them were just like, oh, pear shaped. I had no idea pear shaped was bad. So I knew right. not to get a pear shaped. I yeah. knew that much. Mm-hmm. And then so I went to first I went to Tiffany's and then that was real expensive. So I went to their the jewelry <laughs> shop across the street from Tiffany's and it was like cheaper and then I just kept showing them, like, th- I, what I want is a square and a circle. I don't want a diamond, like a conflict stone. Right. And so they didn't have exactly what I was looking for. So they, they made one custom. Right. Which turns out when you do that, you can't first return you, ha- it. Uh, you can't return it. And also you have to pay up front. Mm-hmm. And also it was kind of created from pictures of better rings. Uh, and then kind of mashed together and then so the day of i went in and it's like it's a london blue topaz i thought it was going to be like a light blue this is really blue it's like it looks like a like a jolly rancher uh blue raspberry oh hell yeah i love yeah which is a delicious flavor right but it looks really (laughs) bad on a ring (laughs) and so i i bought that and then as soon as I got it, I, I had a panic attack because I knew it was <laughs> the opposite it it. of what she wanted. I thought it was going to be small, but because it's blue topaz and it's like kind of a cheap, semi-precious stone, it was real big. Like, uh, it looks like a seven-year-old, like, Florida Jewish lady jewelry. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so I ended up... Hey, Zeitgang, uh, if you're looking for a ring, hit Matt up. Yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. looking for a beautiful blue topaz <laughs> ring that's non-refundable that like the heart of the sea from titanic it does it's like that but it's like you know it's bluer somehow right right and yeah and it's not a conflict stone although it became one when right. she saw it and she <laughs> she definitely did not she did not like it 
but we're still in love. But so you had a sense. You had a sense going in. It's oh, not I like knew you were like, and I have this nailed this, my lady. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. knew. I knew as soon as I got it, I fucked up. And the, what it's I didn't know is from Tiffany's. That, it's from Tiff's. Yeah, it's from Tiff's. Yeah, yeah. Tiff. Yeah, yeah. Yo, hey, Tiff, can you make me a ring for way too much money? Sure, Anyways. send me a photo, hon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll mash them together in Photoshop, and I'll get you something approximating something I would like. <laughs> it's a beautiful ring if you like, you know, if you like something kind of gaudy. Mm -hmm. But if if you don't, still buy it from me. Yeah, uh, please. <laughs> Someone buy the ring. So we got another ring uh, that that uh, she loves. That's oh great coming in the mail. But uh, yeah, I got this this other one though. If anyone, it's really hard to sell, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one told. I wish someone yeah. had told me that. I wish I had asked. That's what I wish more than anything is that yeah, I had do dilly. Yeah, do a little do dilly. Mm -hmm. Um, but instead I was like, I got this. What's the worst yeah. that can happen? Take my, yeah. you just steal my money. But yeah, <laughs> do dilly. We about to get silly. We about to get silly. All that do dilly <laughs> king of the hilly. Anyways, I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, that's the last thing I Googled how to sell and it's brand new. Never used, you know, right. It's, yeah, it's she wouldn't, like even, she put wouldn't on, even put it on. Me. No, she didn't. <laughs> she was just, she looked at it when she went, ah, Oh wow! Went, no, that's yeah. <laughs> when, when, yes uh, to you, but uh, sorry. I proposed yeah. by getting down on one knee and proposing with the box, but it wasn't open. Mm -hmm. And then she, I waited for her to say yes first, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then she's like, "Well, show me the ring." And I was like, "Okay," but it's the worst part. And then I opened it, <laughs> and I was like, "You still marry me?" And she was like, "Oh, not with that ring." <laughs> and then she kissed me and uh and yeah Aww. and, and uh, we're still in love though you know so it's it's yeah, fine that's good it's all about honesty you know yeah, yeah. but if anyone has any stock tips um <laughs> yeah. or just like any like way oh, to recoup a few grand just let me know you know i'll sell some drugs i don't give a fuck anymore hey you just... down to take a few flights to bolivia for me I am down, dude. I got All a right, we'll talk, I got we'll a talk. cavernous colon. You can shove whatever <laughs> whatever drugs you need in there, dude. I will, you know, I'll help out. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> right. Trying to help. Trying to help Fran. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, man. My engagement ring put me in so much debt. I was But did was, she take it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's nice. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Yeah, I had, she she like specifically picked it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's smart. That's a good way of doing it. But then she was still surprised. I don't know. She must have like put a mental block being like, but he'll never actually do it because she was yeah, surprised. Yeah. No, she, uh, well, she, she was surprised too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you look so gaunt, Jack, when you propose. You're like, I sold all my blood plasma. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's, there's something to be said for being a idiot. Cause like I was able to get her to the location where I, I'd like set up this bar, uh, <laughs> Which was the first place I ever told her I loved her, which is surprisingly an Irish bar. I was I was pretty drunk, uh, and I had like set up the basement of the bar. But the way I got her there was being like, forgot my fucking credit card at the at a puck fair again. She was like, ah, uh, okay, fine, we'll go back there. That's all. So you started it with a test of your relationship. <laughs> yeah, right. You started it with a well, yeah. possible crisis, like right. I might again, be an alcoholic. <laughs> Can you take Turns me to out, rehab? 
yeah, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are, passages Malibu. Hey, <laughs> marry me. Hey, we're in Malibu though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. What is something you think is uh overrated? I think winter can can go suck a lemon. Don't eat it. We like if you're in the southern hemisphere, I'm sorry, but uh we're out of that season and I'm really glad about it. It's uh, there's <laughs> nothing actually good about it and and we can forget it. This this is the best time right now. Yeah. Amen. Are you spring? Has spring uh, sprung or are you getting into the summer days uh, where, where you are on the East Coast? Yeah, North Carolina, we're getting real summer. And so it is hot. But I don't know. I, I grew up with winter outside Chicago and then I went to college in winter in Syracuse. And as soon as I wasn't there, <laughs> I I'd like... I went to college in winter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like when it comes to Syracuse, that is winter. It is a geographic location where winter has come uh, and continues to stay. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't mess around. Yeah. Did you miss it when you lived in uh, Los Angeles? Not even a little bit. It was amazing. Right. I, I, I you <laughs> just I was like, oh, you can just not deal with this. Fantastic. Right. It, it, it was an option this yeah. whole time. Just south of <laughs> us. You know, it was great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I miss the rhythm a little bit, not enough to ever move away from Los Angeles, but I, I do enjoy just the discomfort and shittiness of uh, the, the rest of the country has to put up with. No, uh, it does like kind of break up time a little bit in a, in a way that That's true. makes long term memory easier to comprehend. But it also breaks up outfits nicely. Yeah, that is the one that is the one thing that I miss. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like I, I totally agree with you where it's like winter totally can suck a lemon. I'm not with it. I don't want slush in my boots, but I do miss being able to wear a long coat in that fall area right before winter when it's like, oh, it's nice to bundle up a little bit, put a scarf on. I mm -hmm. miss that. Whereas like, I, I, you know, it could be the, the most warming up I will do is putting on slightly thicker sweatpants out here in L.A. And that's it. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, I would love to put a coat on again. That just sounds nice. <laughs> Yeah. yeah people who grew up in la like fetishize winter like miles and daniel mm. they oh. they have winter outfits for no reason for no absolutely no reason, reason at all yeah it's like maybe for those three days we travel to the east coast for thanksgiving right. and that's about it yeah i want i want winter as a treat for a little bit right i want i want like i want to briefly watch the peanuts go ice skating in a special there you go. and then <laughs> yes. it's cold outside for the yep. two days a minute and then forget little it. That, that was enough like, mm -hmm. uh, oh, a Perfect. little taste. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, Blair, what is something that you think is underrated? Okay, guys, I just got to be straight up with you. Chip clips are incredible. Okay. You will not catch my cereal getting stale. No fucking way. Thank <laughs> you, God, for this sophisticated ass invention that j just brings joy and laser execution into my life. Chip clips are the silent, subtle assassin of adding <laughs> overwhelming value while asking for little to no recognition. Chip wow. clips are the Scotty Pippen of household <laughs> kitchenware. She's on fire! Bam, bam, bam. What the f yes, yes, Wait, cereal All that totally. I've is it am I like fucked up for not realizing that? Yeah, that I've never I've never sealed the cereal outside of like the box. That's no. brilliant. 
One day I just was walking by in the store and it was like a little thing sticking out in the aisle, you know, and I just grabbed like a whole like a um, it had like a whole bunch of them on one thing. And from that day on, the amount of just my life improved skyrocketed. And it's like I'm putting those chip clips on on frozen this and chips and cereal. And it's just incredible. It really yeah. is. <laughs> like which is it the ones that you it's like the straight bar so it's like a hair clip one or the one that's more like a binder clip because you know there's there's different chip bag clipping technologies there are different ones. i think of the second one is kind of like elegant where i was like oh this is it's that kind of it's a binder clip like the binder where you just pinch it on yeah okay. mine is yeah. actually not like a binder one it's more um fastened like a, a clothespin but just um really sleek plastic and wow it works really good yeah, I remember as a kid, I think because this the frequency at which I would eat cereal, it wasn't really time for it to get stale, you know, because like it would probably be like a box of cereal would probably be done within a week or so. Oh, And then I remember like going to kids' houses and like, you know, like their parents had like the shit in like the Tupperware and like they would pour oh, it yeah. out of like a Tupperware. And I would always be like, y'all are fucking dumb. You don't even know what cereal that is. <laughs> you fucking know what the box on it. Y'all are fucking stupid. And then I'm like, yeah, that shit is way fresher. How am I supposed to know what that is if there's not a cartoon? I know, what? but that just shows you by the child brain at the time. You're like, man, this ain't Cocoa Crisp. Can't can't tell without the robbers on it. I like the taste of stale food. And so sometimes I'll like not clip the chips and then it creates household issues because. Oh, Isaac will be like, you're a little mouse. Like, why are you doing this? Why are the chips like soft? But I kind of like when the chips are soft. Wow. So you like a you you're not you're down with a little bit of stale chip, huh? In, in fact, I, you I love it. I love a stale chip in a flat soda. I don't know what like I should I, sh I should just walk into the ocean. I need Some to love people myself. are just natural contrarians. Yeah, you know, it's true. <laughs> it's true. I mean, if anyone prefers a stale chip. Let me know, because it truly like doesn't bother me at all. I, I enjoy it. Mm. I wonder, man, that could be an interesting. That's like your uh, circular hot dogs is like pre-staled chips by Jamie. <laughs> just, know, well, like, yeah, I'll just sell bags of chips that I already opened, had three chips <laughs> from, and then put back in a cabinet for three weeks. Touch a stale from Jamie Loftus. The, <laughs> just the a chip. touch. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this thing, though, too, where I know people who put their chips in the refrigerator. And I don't understand, like clipped and in the refrigerator. Well, that that sort of makes that sort of in innovative. My mom ta taught me to keep my coffee in the refrigerator, which was something I never considered. The beans. Whoa. The ground beans. I don't yeah. really fuck with a whole bean myself, but oh, you mm. get the pre-ground. Yeah, I mean, I don't have that much time or ambition for that many steps in my <laughs> coffee <laughs> process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I usually just drink it out of a can. That's how uh, much energy I put into it. But also a shout out to uh, Sam over at Timeless Coffee. Always sends me wonderful coffee uh, that good Her beans? Majesty's drinks. Oh, my. <laughs> the beans are you like so good. Guy? I feel like I'm not worthy of good coffee because I'm just so used to drinking like Kirkland cold brew. But like when you actually get all these notes, you're like, oh, shit. I feel like. I'm an ad executive who just said he had an epic weekend or something. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> that's the truth. All right. Anyway, um, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk stories. And we're back and we all got a, I don't know if it was a rude awakening, but 
you know, I think I think we've been aware that the Q the Q movement is still out there, still going strong, but had a big weekend last weekend. There was a Texas convention where uh, various speakers, including a congressman and uh, Michael Flynn, just, you know, repeated the lies that the Q movement is based on, like the foundational lies that it's stolen. Uh, Michael Flynn, even when when asked, like, why America hasn't had a Myanmar style uprising or coup, uh, which in case you're not familiar, that means that like protesters are shot, journalists are put in prison mm. and uh, a new undemocratically elected government is put in into power by the military. He said he thinks that would be great, that we should have that. <laughs> Fantastic. So, and I think it's easy to dismiss the Q movement as sort of a collection of delusional, you know, narcissists shouting, do your own research as their singular argument for every bizarre belief they've made up, because like that is what it is. But it also, I feel like, first of all, Trump is totally on board with this. Maggie Haberman just announced that he's been saying that he fully believes that he will be reinstated as president by August. And that's like where his sort of laser focus on the audits uh, just keep, just keep moving from. those goalposts back. Just keep moving it back a little bit more. It was it was March for the first storm, and now it's August. He's oh, going to be yeah. like October. I'm telling you, October. That's going to be the month. <laughs> but they're leaning into a new thread, which is that America needs to have a Myanmar style coup where the military deposes the democratically elected ruler and installs their own. Like as like that that feels significant to me i know it's easy like a lot of people (laughs) but but and like especially because like i feel like in the mainstream media there's this division where it's like ah the q movement is silly but it's being led by donald trump who is also leading the republican party like fully the way no like is more powerful has more power in that party than i feel like any individual has ever had in one of the major parties in in like u.s history like he just determines what happens there yeah so i don't know less than three years we're going to have a major presidential election where one of the major parties platform is this is QAnon shit is stop the steal and is basically tacitly in approval of an armed uprising yeah and if, if i remember right the previous election like the 2020 official republican <laughs> platform the platform was just a one-page document stapled to the front of the 2016 platform, and it said, "We support Donald J. Trump." That was yeah. the that was they didn't they didn't have yeah. like issues for I think the first time in, in an American election. The major party no. wasn't like this is our candidate, and also this is what we believe. They were just like, "No, this this wonderful strange man." That's our entire platform. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is democracy. That's what we like. <laughs> Right. And any and any issues at all that were brought to the table were just to refute them. We're going to be like, that's not a thing. We don't believe in that. Climate change. We're not. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a liberal hoax right there. It's just everything is everything is anti. You're right. There's there's no ground to stand on. That's upsetting. Yeah. And I feel like th- this is because it's been politicized and because Democrats recognize that it's been politicized. They are, you know, the right wing like a right wing terror group or a group that's threatening to overthrow the government 
is being treated more passively by the mainstream than like if a, a congressman and a former you know, major military official were talking about overthrowing the U.S. government for any other cause, it would be like the end of the news cycle. But just because of all the normalization that has happened and because of the Fox News advantage that the right has where they, you know, have all mainstream commentators and mainstream Democrats frightened of being attacked, that they just this is being treated more passively than it would if any left wing group like made similar claims. It's just because yeah. of what has gone on with the Republican Party and like how the Democrats have just kind of been controlled by the right wing media over the last, you know, 15 years. It's we're now at a point where they're going to get away with us. Yeah. And I wonder how much of this just springs from most Americans don't know anything about Myanmar. Like you can just like they switch governments <laughs> right. in Myanmar. And it's like, yeah. well, I want to switch governments, not learning right. anything more. Great. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seems to be working out well. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you are you following me? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> still a country, right? Yeah. But I don't know. We, I, I remain really thrilled about the previous election because there won't be a Republican president until January of 2025. At the yeah. earliest. Feels good. Right. Uh, and yeah. I, I think they're not processing it very well. Uh, it seems to be the issue. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, talk about this new book. Uh, it's called The Second Race and Guns in a Fairly Unequal America that really kind of crystallized the conversation around the Second Amendment for me in a way that I hadn't like fully consciously embraced because I feel like the way the mainstream media treats it, it's like the Second Amendment conversation, the gun rights advocate conversation. It's just like treated as a coincidence that those people tend to also be the people who get furious when you suggest something as simple as Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. But it's like, yeah, they're just like on the same spectrum, but they're not necessarily like fully connected to one another. And this new book by historian Carol Anderson looks at both the history of the Second Amendment, like when it was first formed and why it was first formed, but also just sort of the present moment and the, the big kind of present tense news story that she looks at is Philando Castile, mm -hmm. who was following the NRA guidelines for how to inform an officer you are legally carrying a gun like to the T like it's there's a handbook where they tell you how to do this in the NRA. He did that and was shot and killed by the cop following the letter of the law and he was killed for it. And this was the perfect opportunity for an organization that is so horny for conflict and to be like victimized to create a martyr who they could get behind. And they were completely silent. They right. wanted no part of backing Philando Castile. Uh, meanwhile, you know, in the 90s, the Branch Davidians were raided by federal agents and, you know, members of that cult murdered federal agents. The NRA backed them. You know, the Ruby Ridge, same. Um, militia movements, uh, same. They back people who murder federal agents when they are white. And mm -hmm. her argument is that this is not an accident. The Second Amendment... Right from the start, 
was designed to arm white people against potential slave uprisings. Mm. And, you know, when they were writing the amendments, the southern states didn't think that the federal government would help them fight off a slave revolt with the federal army. And so that's why they created, at least partially why they created this Second Amendment that has the everybody should have guns and everybody should be able to form a militia so that they basically had the backing of the federal government to form uh, their own military. Um, And that was like James Madison and all the Virginians and shit. But then, you know, they obviously heavily implied in that is that it's only it only applies to white people. Um, And throughout the history of the country, white armed rebellion has been treated with a slap on the wrist like the Whiskey Rebellion, while black armed rebellion or self-defense has been treated with terror and state sanctioned murder or dropping bombs on a whole neighborhood. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's she didn't talk about this in the interview that I listened to, but the details of the Tulsa race massacre. The entire thing kicked off when black residents of Tulsa showed up at a prison with guns to protect a teenager from a lynch mob and a shot was fired. Nobody knows by who, but the very idea of a black person firing a shot stirred the mob to the organized and systematic and genocidal violence that they enacted like the next morning. It's so interesting because like, you know, Jim Crow was established soon after the end of the Civil War. I mean, the idea of segregation and a two tiered system, you know, the failed reconstruction and all that. Then we have a hundred more years or of Jim Crow. And you wonder why, like, like our country's so racist. Why didn't they just amend the Second Amendment? Like you would expect them to either rein in or amend or change the Second Amendment or just eliminate it altogether because, oh, my God, what if black people got weapons, you know, right. just to cover their asses. But instead it was like, no, nah, they'll just let everyone fight one another and we're not going to stop white mobs and uh, everyone can uh, defend themselves except for if you're black. I mean, right. this this book sounds amazing and I'm sure she goes into the Black Panthers. And, yes, of course. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, she goes deep that into that and how their whole stated purpose was arming themselves so that they could police the police because shockingly the police state sanctioned murder of black people goes back throughout history to when the police were founded as like slave patrols and the way that they treated that was by executing their leaders and Mm -hmm. killing people and arresting people I mean, there's so many books like this about so many specific things that just like essentially boil down to like some big American idea with an asterisk next to it that says terms and conditions apply. Right. <laughs> just so you know, like if for to some people and yeah, to even look at like, yeah, to your point, Francesca, like you'd think if they could take it off the table, like, well, then God damn, black people won't have guns. We don't have to worry about that shit. Right. But there's something about the racism in this country that's so short sighted and just reactionary without like really considering it. And then like down the road, be like, oh, yeah, what was that about? Oh, wait, that was race. Oh, yeah. we didn't Look, it's it's been so many years now and it's so ingrained in the culture and we're not really interested in, again, 
parsing through that and understanding the motivations behind having amendments like this or the perceived rights of things like this. But yeah, it's, it's uh, just it's, it's the it's, way. It's, yeah. Even liberals, like you're saying, Jack, initially that that, you know, they consider this untouchable, like, well, you know, and Second Amendment rights people and, you know, and it's just it's seen as such a quote unquote cultural, almost religious, almost put in the same category, you know, as someone who's pro-life on religious grounds. And that's obviously a separate bullshit issue. <laughs> um, but like this is sort of seen as that is super untouchable because liberals also play into the idea that our founding fathers were good and that right. they were not racist. And yeah, maybe they owned slaves, but they were good people and everybody owned slaves. And that's what they fucked and, them. Yeah, exactly. But they took <laughs> like, care what? of them. But it's like, no, and, and it's OK we're just we're we're given speaking of you guys ask about myths on this show all the time and you know the founding myth that like this country is was founded by good people and on good terms it's like no we have to we're told so many myths that uphold that and it feels it does feel scary to unravel and begin to unravel those myths that we're told you know pocahontas totally consented to being john smith's child brat you know that kind of right. crap that like but it's okay if we can replace it with like new ideas and we can replace it with like better aspirations. You know what I mean? I think, yeah. you know, Obama had words, the best words. Uh, he really did. <laughs> and like, I think he began to carve out, and I wish we could have someone who was actually made good on his promises, you know, to carve out this idea that we're still constructing this American dream. And it is why a lot of civil rights organizers and activists call for what they they say uh, they name a third reconstruction. The second reconstruction being the civil rights movement. The first reconstruction being a failed attempt, but, you know, of of equality. And we still have to strive for that. But and it's OK. We can let go of these old myths, but not if liberals keep on conflating this shit, which is so clearly racist with some kind of religious or foundational, untouchable principle of Americanness that we can't actually reform. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it, and then I think more people have to begin to see that unwillingness as like a absolute red line in terms of not wanting to vote for someone to support someone like that because you're right. like we need representatives who are going to look with a sober eye at our history see where we came from to understand where we need to go because if you're already playing with this like obscuro sanitized version you can never solve a problem no. that's like looking at you have a fucking x-ray and shit and it's like some crayon drawing and you're like, yeah, it looks like that one uh, red spot on the bone should go. And you're like, I wish this were a real x-ray so you could actually see what you're looking at inside my chest, where it is specifically, what organs it's damaging. Because this other version of being like, yeah, this bad, we should cut it out, isn't going to get to the point. Yeah. It isn't going to create the sort of forward momentum and progress that we're seeking. And yeah, it's, it's, it is a hard thing. And we do need to keep looking at it to your point of saying like, yeah, we don't have to just talk about how fucked up everything is. You can pivot to that and say, yeah, that was the world as it was. And this is the world as it should be. And these are the people who were moving to try and take our country and our society to the world as it should be. Yeah. And this is what we're still building on. See, we want to build on this momentum rather than like, yeah, thanks, John Adams. Sick, bro. And then just leaving it there. 100%. Yeah, this argument and this kind of connecting of the second amendment to systemic white supremacy just the anger and vitriol and fear tied up in the second amendment argument and guns rights people 
never fully made sense to me. It was always I was always picturing when they said like they're going to come for our guns and like that I need my guns to like protect my family. They always talk about like the government coming for your guns and it's like yeah. what are you talking about? Like that's not even a thing that we have in our history. But I think when you connect it to the white supremacy, the fact that, you know, we've talked before on this show about the fact that they know white supremacy is a lie. Like on some level, they know that they know they live on a graveyard of horrific abuses that prop them up to wherever they exist and that black Americans have every right to demand retribution. And they know that this is this lie that every American has the right to own guns is a massive advantage they have. And that's why they're obsessed with stories about how crime ridden cities are so that they can like justify their fear. Like when when you ask people who watch Fox News what they think a city is like, it's <laughs> it's so yeah. outside the bounds of reality. They, they are, think it's Oz, that HBO show. Yes, they do. Like playing out in a Starbucks. That's why. <laughs> and that's why they're so outraged anytime anyone criticizes police violence. But it's why they are so like there's all that fear, all those lies, all that hatred, like holding the idea of white supremacy in their mind, along with some part of them that has seen that that shit is not true. <laughs> like mm-hmm. They're trying to hold those together. And that creates cognitive dissonance. It creates anger. It creates fear. And it just really the, the image as I was like kind of listening to her interview with Terry Gross's substitute teacher. I forget that David <laughs> Davey beyond something is it Terry Gross's sub. And then like reading up on this book the thing that kept popping into my head is that suburban st louis couple Mm -hmm. who when black lives matter protesters were walking past their home they stood on their front lawn holding their guns and like waving them at them like kind of waving their right to own guns as a privilege in the face of black protesters who would be killed on site for holding guns that Mm -hmm. openly Like, just being like, this is our advantage. Fuck you. Like, that. that is her whole argument really kind of ties a lot of things together for me. Yeah, go beyond that. I mean, the entire Trump presidency is an an emblem, an homage to white supremacy, to the idea that if you're rich and white enough and and, um, a dude, you can get away with anything Mm. look at january 6th i always talk about this i'm just like man i've marched on washington many times i would be murdered just how close would i have gotten to breaking a window right on the capitol Mm -hmm. steps had we been you know absolutely work like protesting a war uh protesting the international monetary fund protesting Police murder, like or Doma or anything. It's just so like when we I feel like as a white person watching the January 6th, like every white person, I don't know. I am half white. And I so I kind of understand this, but like must have been looking at and being like, man, white privilege really is kind of a thing. Like looking at because, you know, people of color in this country were like white privilege is absolutely look at that right. look at that yeah yeah look at the way yeah. we, there's no accountability for that a few months later absolutely 
and so disheartening to witness too, as a black person, Asian person living in this country and just saying like, see, they can fucking go and do that because they're upset that Trump isn't president. Meanwhile, we're looking at real fucked up outcomes for unarmed people. And you know, it's like, Everybody knows I'm like, no one's foolish enough to come armed to something like that as a personal card. The game is just completely different. And the yeah. sad thing is, too, like on the on the face of it and history, marginalized people have more of a reason to be like, no, nah, I need these guns, man. Absolutely. Have you seen what they do? Have you seen what they do to us? Have you seen what they do to us? <laughs> oh, hell no. And right. how are you going to how are we going to move forward at all when we're just kind of looking at these small issues? We're not that this is a small issue, but we're not really looking at changing real lived outcomes for people and just thinking like well maybe if the guns are gone that could be something no how about you give people support how about you give them options how about you give them upward mobility because i'm sure most people would prefer that than to live in a you know in a cycle of fear and violence and anger uh and would much rather be in a place of abundance on some level or just to have some relief that's why it's so upsetting thing you know instances like philando castile because you're absolutely right that unarmed black people get gunned down all the time and so what is to why not just be armed they get gunned down by vigilantes um self-proclaimed vigilantes now i'm blinking on his name but the gentleman who was killed the young kid who was killed last Trayvon. year oh. no right before um george floyd um ahmed arbery yeah ahmed yeah. arbery and former police officers and then most recently another young ah but it's like every time the conversation, if someone had a gun, the Internet conversation is, oh, but he had a gun. Right. But he had a gun. Yeah. Oh, his hands were up, but he had a gun. Oh, right. well, then kill him on site. That's yeah. not allowed. That's not yeah. allowed. Depending. Again, terms and conditions apply. Like, it's the number one tool for white supremacy is this lie and being able to just enforce this lie within sort of the mainstream culture that, you know, well, really only white people are allowed to have guns. Like, and if somebody who isn't white has a gun, the police will murder them on site like that. Yeah, that's unbelievable. And like the fact that it's not said out loud, like constantly like that, that is the it's a shocking, like dystopian reality that I just feel like right. people don't say out loud. Asian American gun ownership soaring through the roof. Yeah, I do right. believe in gun control, except for Asian elders. Right. I think we should arm Asian aunties and uncles with AR-15s. That's it. They're the only ones. Police, no guns. Everyone else, no guns. But Asian yeah, aunties yeah. and uncles, we arm them. They yeah. patrol. Yeah. <laughs> and they I tell you, obviously, like how to choose a good watermelon <laughs> and, yeah. you know, how to stay out, how to stay out of the sun. Very, very disciplined on the trigger. That's a bust their gun for anything. They're right. like, you know what? I'm gonna hit you with it real quick first. Yeah. Oh no, no, I'm not gonna. It's not loaded. You. I will right. smack you over the head with this though. <laughs> it's a big ass bat. That's who I believe in arming. I'm, I'm like with their little baskets. Ugh. They can carry them in the little front portion of it. I'm about that. There we go. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. And Anthony Fauci, bye bye. You're canceled, bro. <laughs> they foiled thousands of his emails from during the pandemic. You know, I think everybody was hoping to find the goods on what was really going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. uh, as he was 
you know, dismantling the Trump administration from the inside. Mm -hmm. And the spiciest nugget that's being used as a pull quote is where he said, all is well, despite some crazy people in this world. <laughs> oh, shit, bro. Dude. Wow. Uh, out of control. Un he just fired fucks. that one off? Reckless. Yeah, bro. So problematic. I mean, first of all, we don't use crazy anymore. That yeah. is just wildly both misogynistic and it just it's a bigoted phrase. Unbelievable. So this was actually an email response to someone who said they were worried about all the people who are threatening his life and the lives of his family. So it's hard to even interpret it as being directed at Trump. <laughs> the, the email to him was like, I saw some news. Hope it's fake. You're being attacked by some people. Hope you are well under such an irrational situation. He responded, thank you for your kind note. All is well, despite some crazy people in the world. So what a fuck. Okay, what dork. about the next thing? What about the next thing? Come on, there's got to be more than that. Come yeah, on. no, that there's little, more spiciness. Yeah, give us the tea. Give us the tea. I know there's tea. <laughs> I've heard of tea. So I, I will say this. The people who, the Q people have not had a chance to fully digest all of his uh, emails. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to find some secret codes in there. Mm. Oh, I'm that so will excited. Allow us to know what was really going on. But that is like that's it, man. Uh he is really He's a professional doctor. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not a comedian. Right. He's a guy in a in a very uh, tough position where he has people literally trying to murder him while he tries to make sure that as few people as possible die from a global pandemic. Yeah. The uh, yeah. there it's very consistent between what you see in the emails and what you saw in press conferences. The only difference is that he's he seems like very cautious and like wary of public perception mm -hmm. in a way that I could see people being like, oh, he's just all about like the press. And but that is, in fact, like from day one, people were like, OK, so this is how you lead during a global pandemic. You have right. to be mm -hmm. steady. You have to be understated. Mm -hmm. uh, and he saw that the president wasn't doing that. And so like I'm guessing that's why he was so careful about you know controlling the image that was put out there about him because he recognized probably that he was the only voice of reason for mm -hmm. for the country right yeah he was he was really uh the only rational person to, who was in the room with a president surrounded by sycophants so i mean you know he's he's trying to be as rational and as forthcoming as he can be, given his current situation. And I'm sure on some level he's like, dude, I'm not saying anything in an official email where someone can FOIA this and like yeah. reveal anything remotely of what my yeah. personal thoughts are outside <laughs> of my you know, position. I don't think this like proves that he is like that. This is actually how he is. It's just when you FOIA a Republican or conservative leader, it's like lifting up a rock with just. <laughs> thousands of disgusting bugs and like yeah. a smushed cat and a bag yeah. of drugs <laughs> and a murder weapon underneath it like with Fauci you get vaguely dismissive language about people who are threatening the lives of his family right get yeah. a fucking life Fauci you're such a dork <laughs> but I'm sure like there are some Democrats too that they just they just they're good at their rock hiding you know what I mean oh yeah, like oh, in yeah the same sure, way I think we're sure. just like I think with some Republicans, you don't even need to FOIA them because they say everything out loud. No, yeah, you, know? you just like, need to like... have a camera there whenever they're doing like a 
you know, one of those like $100,000 a plate dinners for like right. Right. the American uh, Liberty Coalition or whatever, you right. know, Brides and then they the just clan. go like, everyone actually liked slavery. Is this right. thing on? Hello? <laughs> is this? Yeah, yeah slavery was fun. And you're just like, this is being whoa. taped, dude. Whoa, whoa. I thought, okay, I thought we're all cool here. No? Yeah, no? yeah. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Oh, oh so now you're going to cancel me for having, uh, you know, neo-colonial, <laughs> neo-confederate fucking sentiments. All Please right, welcome. Enjoy the comedic stylings of Ellie Kemper. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. to a real one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what was she? What was she nineteen when she went to that weird that yeah, weird she was debutante 19. ball? She looks like a child. I was just I was being unfair. I know. I saw the headline too, and I was like, "Oh shit!" But then I was like, "You always have to do the thing and be like, what the fuck did you do when you were 19? Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll I'm tell like, you what I I I wasn't able to do was win any fucking beauty pageant because <laughs> <laughs> I am not an attractive man, nor did I, I ever have a glow I up. I tried. Yeah. yeah. I went to one debutante ball and I embarrassed my high school girlfriend because I got so high. I was stinking <laughs> in there. And this was like uptight, like, you know, uh, this is like the fucking debutante ball and shit. Yeah. I tried my best. I smoked with a huge hefty garbage bag over my my torso and i smoked outside <laughs> i did my I best still, yeah i was like i did my best babe <laughs> you, you hot boxed like, a trash suck. bag and you still got in trouble yeah i'm like you're right i shouldn't have blown the smoke in the bag that was a bad yeah. idea didn't think it would <laughs> stick onto my wool suit <laughs> i never went to a debutante ball but i i learned everything i needed to from the uh from that Borat thing and a couple magazine articles. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Just how bad these dads are. I mean, conflicted I, I, about I, how much they want to fuck their daughters. It's so oh weird. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of a uh, kind of like incestual dad energy. Very yeah. a lot of like Pornhub title energy. Right, you know? right, exactly. <laughs> right. A lot of uh, butterfly kisses energy is what mm -hmm, we call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, it's real gross. I only know of debutante balls through like. TV and movies, you know, uh, I'm not really. That's why I thought it was like a dance, not like this thing where like I would be the only like or one of three like non-white people there. Yeah. And it's like, like, it's like a like, cattle call music. for like single ladies. Is that it? It's like it's all like single ladies. This is them. This is the adult version of this child now. Welcome. Right. It's like yeah, a yeah, mitzvah blah, blah. for uh, for Southern for wasps, former slave owners or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, you know, same thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's like it does very much feel it feels very gross to, uh, you know, showcase your your hot daughter. <laughs> but <laughs> but I don't I don't really blame Ellie Kemper for the founding of it. No. I do just think it's funny because it was like one of those cancellations online that you're just like, yeah, sure. I'm not even going to read it. Yeah. Fucker. <laughs> I, I, I have no reason to hate this person, but I was like, yeah, we haven't, we haven't done her yet. She should be canceled. <laughs> Not even sure why. Do I want to find out? No. They're going to play this on the Ingram angle tonight. They're like, this is how the liberals talk. Yeah. yeah you I see, know, right? we haven't done her yet. What do they mean? Mm. <laughs> Did she come out when she was like, yo, that was an L, you know, honestly, I shouldn't have, that was such a, that's oh, a bad I hope look. not. Uh, I, I would, I would like, strongly... look, I don't know. If I I, if she listens mad? to this podcast, which I'm sure she does, I want to strongly advise her to just pretend none of this ever happened and move on. Because mm. uh, any apology, so that's just another news cycle, baby. That's just gonna keep it going. I say just live your life. You know, keep being the 
impossible Kimmy Schmidt. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Is she impossible? No, yeah, she's, she's unbreakable. Okay. Oh, oh the unbreakable. Unbre- yeah. yeah, continue being unbreakable, and you know, do you? Because uh, yeah, I am certain that uh, you did not found the KKK debutante ball. <laughs> like, right. Is- this is the beginning into realizing she's some kind of time traveler. Like, yeah, hey, dude, look at this photo of like the Confederacy <laughs> leaders and their wives. It's all <laughs> Ellie Kemper. <laughs> yeah. She's married to five different Stonewall Jackson. And, yeah, uh, Jack Nicholson's there. You're just like, is <laughs> yeah. this The Shining? What the fuck? She was married to General Braxton Bragg. <laughs> Fox News sent their equivalent of a uh, you up text to her by uh, media critics condemn left leaning outlets. Ellie Kemper onslaught over ties to racist ball. Uh, so they like put out an opinion piece being like, you leave this nice girl alone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. ties to racist ball. Like, I feel like that's like anything anyone's ever like th- anyone yeah. who existed from at any time that you probably participated in something with I, origins uh, and terrible racism. I feel yeah. like if you're uh, white and not even just in the South, like if you're just white and lived in a suburb. You definitely participated in some sort of clan adjacent event. Yeah, or light you didn't racism. know that you you know you you just thought this was the the annual K K R O Q uh, weenie roast, and you're like <laughs> right. every every year we eat hot dogs and listen to alternative music from the nineties. I didn't know the clan had anything to do with it. Right. You know they did, they did. Yeah, Kevin and Bean. Yeah, big big clans, big clansmen. <laughs> Kevin and me, dude, Sluggo from K Rock, Jed the Fish. I mean, yeah. come on, these guys were Confederate generals too. There's there's three Ks in Striker, you know the the <laughs> DJ. Uh, I just love I, I love K Rock is secretly KKK Rock. Yeah. This is for a very specific Los Angeles audience, yeah. but it's a it's a great joke. Uh, all right. Let's talk about Europeans. I've been thinking about them. Finally, uh, they're such an affectionate people. Mm. They kiss on the cheek to say hi. Yeah, yeah. that's basically the like question. some porno, I right? Know. <laughs> that's, yeah, like in weird, America, you know? we're like, what the? Yeah, what is this? Oh yeah, well, like it's so funny when you see Americans like meet a European for the first uh, time and like they go uh, like, oh really? <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, they kiss on the cheek and like, are we having sex now? Yeah, because this or someone was not has part like a, of the deal. Or someone has like a joke like, I need a cigarette after that. Like really? <laughs> yeah, you hugged somebody, God. you fucking creep. <laughs> but yeah, like this whole thing, like you know, in America we have such a screwed up sense of like physical intimacy, like especially you know between bros. You know, mm-hmm. so like oh, switching yeah. to f- the fist bump, I think was a really easy alternative to show yeah. affection as a greeting in this country, especially sure. if you were already a stepdad. Yeah. And Europe, <laughs> on the other hand, is a place the love flows, the kisses mm-hmm. and hugs are ingrained in the culture, mm-hmm. and that's why like at the beginning of the lockdowns, I remember like officials in Italy were saying, stay apart today to embrace each other more warmly tomorrow. Because yeah, yeah you want to get in, you want to give kisses and things like that. And this Butterfly all makes sense. Kisses. That's how I greet <laughs> that's how I greet strangers. <laughs> Putting our eyes next to each other and oh <laughs> so funny. So the, as the lockdown looses though. And vaccinations increase. People are wondering, like, what to do now in Europe. Like, is there an in-between on the way back to full-blown besos? And Mm. it seems like everyone's been trying things. You know, right now in Italy, they're trying a new thing, which is a breast bump. Now, not like across the board, but things people have noticed to some have some kind of contact where, quote, 
two people greeting each other essentially try to touch hearts with their heads turned as far away from each other as possible. God, I love the the I love the horniness of the modern European. Like they just are just like we have to do skin on skin yeah. contact. They're like let me feel that heartbeat. Fuck. I love that. I that that sounds great to me. I just like the how it looks though. Like if you saw people doing that, we're like, yo, do they fucking hate each other? Yeah, like, yeah, their yeah. Heads turned as far. You're like, Ugh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like are, are, they, are they about to fight? <laughs> like this, right. That's very schoolyard. You Is this know? a weigh in? Okay. Yeah, we're like, what's up, dude? What's up, dude? What's, what's up? up? What's up? What's up? Talking to what's talking up? to the dude's shoulder. Say talking to his right. shoulder. What's up, homie? What's up? Yeah. Man? But oh, they're you speaking. Wanna find out? You want to find out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're speaking in French, though. So you're like, I think they're in love, but <laughs> either that or they're going to kill each other. Are they getting I mean, divorced? This, in, in, but in France, they have. This is again. This is from the Daily Beast. They were saying that they've gone for quote a more elegant bicep bump which minimizes contact and the chance that someone might accidentally forget and plant a fatal smooch. So I'm guessing huh. you're doing like a oh oh like yeah arm straight like bang. Yeah, oh, uh, or or like the side of your arm and the side of their arm like you're leaning in for a kiss but you don't do the kiss. Yeah, I, or like what, do does anyone do like a shoulder to shoulder with your head certain maybe like hey hey hey. Yeah, All right, that, like you know. Well, I mean, you know, I I I'm glad that they're trying to like do a life hack for covid you know greetings but uh yeah. i mean what about like high fives is that can you Hands. i think because it looks like what the idiots who with the accents do when they invade their country on tour like on yeah. tourism tours like, yeah that's right. true like a fucking top gun no fuck that we have yeah we do our shit properly no we're gonna I mean, do a chest bump right it sounds <laughs> awkward as hell but i would say considering that jack and i almost made out when we saw each other for the first time in physical space after a year like i get it you know what i mean like sometimes you need to yeah. be like yo we, we're here dog yeah, what's yeah. up physical contact is important not just oh, yeah. between miles and i but uh right. as a as a society i we we need that shit and i think that's true if we had more of a culture of kissing and hugging when we saw each other like Maybe we'd have like fifty percent less mass shootings. Yeah, know. less gun deaths like, if yeah. people just like greeted each other with like affection. Right. <laughs> yeah, or like this like despair pit of masculinity where yeah. you're a completely rendered inert, like emotionally yeah. around other people because you're like, I cannot do this. I'm. Yeah. I should just go lift weights or something. I must shit. shake hands and say sup from afar. <laughs> You see, like, in other countries how affectionate men are with each other. And, yeah. like, you immediately see a different sort of quality or level to that, like, these friendships or these yeah. bonds yeah. than you do when, like, dudes are just, like, throwing beer cans at a wall or some shit. Yeah. yeah. American yeah, yeah. men have, like, an internal combustion engine that converts every emotion into anger. Right. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's all they got. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. We really are like just so repressed. We're basically a steam engine. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And so, <gasps> bro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you become yeah, the like, little engine that should yeah, go to yeah. therapy. Yeah. Should uh. go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the other things that they're saying, like, look, we get that people are getting vaccinated and numbers are beginning to stabilize, but still, like, please exercise a modicum of caution because we're still yeah. trying to figure out, like, all of the nuances of even transmission with vaccinated people and, you know, knowing what to do especially with the elderly so this one expert said that <laughs> vaccinated grandparents hug their unvaccinated grandchildren from the back you know what uh, I mean? and he suggests they hold their they breath while doing like so that, Miles. Yeah, from okay. the back. we say from behind from the back. but yeah. you know i wanted to make it i want to make it a little with you a know, twinkle uh, in their eye yeah the yeah. words they used was hit it 
from behind. From the back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hold your breath. It stank mm-hmm. so bad. <laughs> but like, yeah. but he said, hold your breath, begin, because it's all about the exhalations. And this one Italian expert strongly warns against what they call the aunt's kiss, which is a full-lipped cheek plant, as they say. Because mm-hmm. again, you're leaving, there could be saliva left. You might mm-hmm. be touching your that and then touch your mouth or touch your eye or something like that. So right. It, it, you know, it's 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 a, it's a little bit tough, and I get it. You know, my heart goes out, but be, yeah. being being from two cultures that are famously not very affectionate, I've, I've found a way to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have no problem like not being affectionate when I greet people. I like to hug. That's yeah. the most I like to do. And I'll admit, I am definitely one of those guys who like went to Europe and someone greeted me with the the cheek kiss. And I spent most of the time, like I had a, like a meltdown where I was just right. like, I don't know where to go. And then I just walked away. Yeah. Masculinity it's, challenged. Yeah, I've uh, not ever thought uh, about this. Yeah, yeah. Shot in your pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just. <laughs> there's this other thing though, too, like, cause then there's such a culture of predatory men and, you know, consent culture not right. really existing here that like even hugging, you want to be like, Are, is that cool? Cause I yeah. get it. Like there's a five in 10 chance that. I'm some fucked up evil person. No, that's right. true. Like th- th- there's like, you know, uh, there is kind of a, a, a middle ground somewhere where it's like, even before the pandemic, I stopped hugging people as much. Cause I used to just like, that was just how like, I greeted people. Sure. And then I, uh, you know, you kind of realize that like, well, not everybody is like into hugs yeah, and right, I'm not going to exactly. force that on anyone. That's why uh, like, I think the new thing's like, Hey, I'm a hug. Are you a hugger? Yeah, like, I'm right. a hugger, and then yeah. you're like, "All right, all right. oh shit, I just knock my leg." Yeah. You're like, "All <laughs> you right, just bring it your in. Mic. Come on now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I would love to be in a culture where we all just made out all the time. So that's sick too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's yeah, we we've talked before how there's maybe like, we should do that. Just start bringing just like bros doing cheek to cheek kisses now. You know what I mean? Bring yeah, that and see if we could start a movement. Yeah, yeah. see if it'll catch on. Obviously, you know? being like, "Yo," or you know. Are you vaccinated? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Just, well, which is the thing that they're also writing in this article that like there are still people who act in like it's 2019, but yeah. it's usually like immediately followed with like or prefaced with like I'm vaccinated. So yeah. 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 In. Bring it on in. Yeah. Prove it. That's what I say. See your cards, <laughs> bro. <it> fucker. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that, there's cuddle parties that have like started becoming a thing because we lack the ability to like. Oh, have, like pre-pandemic, right? Yeah. Yeah, pre-pandemic, yeah. but like that's. Uh, although I know some people who are like, "Yeah, man, I've been going to like raves the whole time." I actually yeah. met somebody at a thing who like got two dr- drinks in and was like, "Yeah, I've been going to like a couple raves, like, yeah. and it was pretty wild." But like, you know, yeah. people just don't give a fuck. Died. There. A lot of them <laughs> right. died. Yeah, my grandma. Uh, yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. things wow. were bad, but but they want us to be here, so. Here we are. We got a party. I rave for them. I rave yeah. for them. I rave for them. <laughs> but like back in the day, I feel like so much of like Mad Men culture of people just having like irresponsible workplace affairs and oh, sure. partially because they were like drinking at lunchtime. Oh, yeah. But also, you know, like that's how people used to get their uh, skin to skin. And, you know, they it's like a human need that we just like don't acknowledge at all. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, you know, the Italians also probably cheat a lot, too, with their secretaries. <laughs> I feel right. like we we definitely are a culture that, like, does not show affection on the outside. And then, uh, like, affection is just 
seen as something God doesn't want you to do. At least that's like a Puritan <laughs> right, right. culture. So it's like, no, you know, if you do that, Jesus cries. So just make sure you do yeah. it in secret and, uh, you know, fucking. Or in cheer. Europe on vacation. Or in Europe right. on vacation at a hostel, you know. Right. And if it happens, it happens. Come on, guys. Just be less uh, creepy and misogynistic like men from Europe. Uh, yeah, exactly. Thank a you. whole continent. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, it means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye. Bye.